Well, there's no junior church today. We're all together in this place, and I get to have all the kids in here. I just love that. It's important for children to grow up listening to the preaching and teaching of God's Word. What a responsibility we have to plant the seeds of eternal truth in their hearts. That's why I'm so grateful for all of our junior church teachers and Sunday school teachers and the wonderful work that they do. But, but today, I get to have all you kids here in here with me, and I've even shortened the sermon just a little bit for you. And, and all God's people said, yeah. tell me you didn't just say that. Well, I'm going to do my best to be concise with the Word of God this morning because I know there's uh, quite a bit of worship and celebration yet to happen in homes today. So let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1, we're going to be in verses 18 through 25. And the title of our study this morning comes from the last verse in the chapter where the angel of the Lord tells Joseph what to name the divine child still in Mary's womb. His name is is Jesus. This is most significant because the angel of the Lord not only came from heaven to give this naming instruction to Joseph, but because of what this name means. Jesus means Jehovah the Savior, or Jehovah is salvation. This one-of-a-kind baby would soon have the power to forgive sins, to remove people's moral guilt before the holy God of the universe. No wonder this birth is so important. No wonder it still rings true and has such influence literally millennia later. As the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. That's why this name matters. This is why we celebrate Christmas. You understand this. So follow along as I read the Christmas account given here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Now, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth 
to a son, and he called his name Jesus. May God bless the reading of the Christmas story. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, oh, how we love to hear these words. We pray, Lord, that you will cause these words to just rush over us again, reminding us of how truly wonderful the Christmas season is because of Jesus, who he is to us, all he has done for us and for his own glory and for the Father. Lord, cause us to walk away from this place exalting the Lord again and rejoicing in God our Savior. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, for all the kids who are listening very closely to the verses I just read, I've got a pop quiz for you, a Christmas morning trivia. You've got three questions with prizes. So raise your hand nice and high if you think you know the answer. Too soon to raise hands, kids. <laughs> Question number one. I like that confidence, though. Who brought the message of the Christ child to Joseph? Was it a prophet, an angel, or an elf? <laughs> Shh, raise your hand nice and high. Who brought the message of the Christ child to Jesus? Excuse me, to Joseph. Who brought the message to Joseph? Was it a prophet, an angel, or an elf? Angel. It was an angel. Give him a hand. <laughs> you got a couple of those. Uh... Oh, here we are, right here. Okay, second question. Joseph was related to what famous king in Israel? What king was mentioned in the text that I just read? Was it Adam, David, or Solomon? Kids, raise your hand if you think you know the answer. Okay, right over here. What famous king was mentioned in the text? It was David. Give him a hand. Good job. All right, final question. Think very, very carefully. What name, boom, there go the hands, was given to me for my middle name? No, just kidding. Just kidding. What name did the angel tell Joseph to give the baby? Raise your hand nice and high. What name did the angel give to Joseph to name the baby? If you think you know it, raise your hand. Okay, this is harder than I thought. Let me, let me give you a, uh, a hint. It starts with this letter right here. What was the name? If, hold on, hold on. If you think you know the name, kids, come right up here to the front. If you think you know the name, right on the side here, right up in the middle here. If you think you know the name, come up because I've got 198 more candy canes waiting. Everybody say it at the same time. Jesus, there you go. Okay, there's a bowl right there with some candy canes. And Devin has some candy canes right here. Yes, you all know very well that Christmas is all about Jesus. It is all about his birth. If you were here last night, then you know that we looked at the marvelous Isaiah 9 prophecy of the birth of Jesus. If you weren't there, you can catch it on the live stream if you'd like. We worshiped Jesus in the glory of who he was and is to us. 
Do those words make a difference? Absolutely. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, to us. But today I'd like us to focus a little more on the believer's response, our response, and how we can live to Him. Do you see the other direction here? How can we live to Him? We celebrate the Messiah, but how then should we respond to the Messiah? How then should we live? I only have two points this morning. Savor them. Joseph, a righteous man, demonstrated both of these points, and that's why we have the Christmas story the way it is. Had Joseph failed either of these, the Christmas story would likely be very different. He could have ruined the holiday in a sense. Now, of course, nothing can stop the will of God, but praise the Lord that Joseph got it right. Now, before I give our first application point, I want us to consider the context of these verses. We cannot help but see the divine humanity of Jesus Messiah. Quite often in theology, we hear of the deity of Christ on one hand, and we hear of the humanity of Christ on the other, and yes, indeed, they have their separate qualities, but it also needs to be understood that there is a bringing of them together, which we could call the divine humanity of Jesus, the Messiah, referring to as incarnation, the Son of God humbling himself and becoming one of us. John 1, verse 14 says, The Word became flesh, speaking of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Chris is, Christmas is a wonderful time of the year to be reminded of how miraculous Jesus is, Son of God and Son of Man. But meanwhile, back in Matthew, we've got Joseph here, a good, upright man, just doing his best to live life and honor the Lord. And the next thing he knows, he is betrothed to a woman who is pregnant now, a betrothal, back in Bible times, many of you may understand, a betrothal was far more serious than today's period of engagement. It was this period of very committed betrothal that Mary became pregnant with the Christ child. The Holy Spirit of God conceived this child in her womb. Nothing short of a miracle. But back then... All the public knew was that these two were betrothed and she was expecting. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Awkward. Stressful. Shameful, but not rightly so. At least at the moment. Without a doubt, he worked hard at being a godly and honorable man and having a good reputation we see this in the text, but things just got a lot harder for him. And so we see Joseph doing his righteous best to protect Mary from disgrace, the text says, by sending her away secretly. In Bible times, 
The engagement, this betrothal, could only be broken by divorce. The couple didn't just change their minds. A formal divorce had to happen to separate. It was that serious. So Joseph was willing to privately divorce her to help protect her from incredible disgrace, public humiliation. He had a plan, and it was a good plan. His motives were pure. Righteousness compelled him to do this. But God had another plan, a better plan, a perfect plan. We'll look at that in a moment, but for now I want us to recognize that Joseph is not so different from many of us. This is an excellent lesson for us today. Sometimes we do our very best to do what's right, but we under, have to understand that God still may know better than we do. So what do we do in these situations? Point number one, listen to God. Listen to God. I'm not going to put these points up on the screen because there are only two of them, and they're not very long, and they're not very complicated. I know you will remember them. The first point of application is listen to God. Joseph's first clue, his first action item in this text was to listen to the angel of the Lord. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Bring this into the 21st century in the, the context of our Christmas today. We all want to have a Merry Christmas. If I were to ask you to list several things that would help you to have the merriest Christmas ever, what might you write? Perhaps things like, be with all my family. Give the perfect, meaningful gifts. Don't be too busy. How about this one? No sickness in the family. Maybe we'd put snow on our list or the Christmas Eve service or, or maybe that Christmas would land on a Sunday. Here's one from today's text. Listen to God. We have the Christmas story as it is because Joseph listened to God. When the angel of the Lord spoke, he opened his ears. Now that may seem fairly simple and obvious, but it is much more significant than we realize. Think about today. Think about humanity today. Think about the church today. Do you know how many Christians are so busy, so preoccupied, that they have a very hard time listening to the voice of God? Sometimes just too busy for church or too busy for Bible study, or, or too busy for my own quiet time in the Word that day. It's not that they don't care. It's just that they have a hard time even listening to God. I cannot tell you how often I, even as a pastor, have competing affections trying to rob me from opening the Word and listening to God. It's why I have to put disciplines into my daily walk. I can't look at social media until I've looked at the Word. I can't, I can't read any news until I've studied the good news. Many of you have similar disciplines and, because we know that our natural person just doesn't want to listen to the voice of God. We are more entertained by other things. 
But our spirit knows in faith that the word of God is primarily and absolutely essential for life and for godliness. And as we grow in our faith, our our appetite also begins to grow for the word. We taste and see that it is good, much sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb, as the psalmist said. It's much sweeter than what the flesh longs for. We have eaten the chocolate that the world offers only to get a stomachache or even vomit it back up later, per se. Sin tastes good, but it always makes you sick. But the Word of God, it's worth listening to. No wonder King David said to God in Psalm 119, verse 18, Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Boy, is that our approach to the Word of God each day? Is that, our, is that our approach to Sunday morning? I trust it is. Christmas becomes so much more merry for those who are listening to the Lord. They love to read His Word, study the Bible, humbly learn from what He says. They love to listen to it with others, worship in it with others, just like we're doing this morning. As we celebrate this Christmas, I encourage every child here, every teen, every adult to sincerely and carefully evaluate your listening to the Word of God. You see, asking the question, what would make this the merriest Christmas ever, is one thing, but it has the potential to be very self-centered, doesn't it? What makes it merry for me? But if we pause this holiday season to ask, what will make it merrier for God? Listening to Him is a great way to worship and give the gift of ourselves back to God afresh. I love that you were in this place this morning. Will you purpose in your heart with me right now to make a point of listening to the Word of God even more so? elevating its importance as we go into the new year. If you're not reading it every day, would you make that commitment to God as a Christmas gift, per se? Children, do you love reading the Bible with your family? When your mom and dad call for Bible time, do you eagerly run and get the Bibles and listen carefully to the wisdom and the truth coming from God's Word? That's definitely one way you can make Christmas merrier. First for God, but then also for yourself and for your family, that the time of Scripture reading would be a highlight in the day for every family in this church. I'm challenged even further in my own faith and instructed by this historical narrative text because we see that Joseph didn't just listen to God, he listened with a righteous heart. There's a big difference there. Did you know that it is possible to listen to the word of God and then negatively interpret what he's saying? It's possible to go to church every Sunday, but the words of God repeatedly land on a hard or self-centered heart. The angel could have given this message to anyone, but not anyone would have listened And listened well. But Joseph, he listened well with a right heart. 
Point one for a merrier Christmas, listen to God. Look at verse 22. It says, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and she shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which which translated means God with us. It's very worth observing and noting. It is well worth listening to the word because the word of God is faithful and true. Faithful and true. When the angel in Matthew 1 delivered this message of the Lord, it was consistent, think about this, it was consistent with the message given over 700 years prior. If we read through fast to the text, we miss facts like this. We've all had times when we actually decided that listening to someone or something was not worth it anymore. Either they lied or their message kept changing based on circumstance or whatever was convenient or whatever was popular. But God's word is faithful. It's unchanging and true. So often people say things like, yeah, that was fine for them, but it's not for me. How do we know the Bible from two to 3,000 years ago is still relevant for today and the situations in our lives? Well, for one, it's because when God speaks perfectly thousands of years ago, He is unchanging, and that means He still speaks perfectly and true today. It's one of the reasons we are Christians. The truth of this word is like unlike any other. This leads us to point number two. Listen to verses 24 and 25. It says, Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Point number two, once you've listened to God, do what God says. If we make it through point one, we're headed in the right direction, but we're not there yet. It's good and necessary to listen eagerly with a right heart to the Word of God, but that means virtually nothing until we do what it says. We've studied this multiple times in recent weeks as we worked through the Beatitudes in our Luke study, the blessings. Jesus directly asked those who were following him in Luke chapter 6. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Such a piercing question, such a good question. The world, think about this, the world is full of people who claim to be Christians, who even sit and listen to the word of God being preached but do not do what he says. Indeed, none of us have arrived. But are we striving toward it? Are we running in obedience to the word of God, to God himself? Are we purposed and committed to knowing more so we can obey more what God tells us in the Holy Scriptures? This is the Christian life. This is our calling. It's so easy to read these two verses and take for granted that Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. 
Put yourself back in his shoes again for a second. Joseph, a righteous and honorable man, still had to take expecting Mary to be his wife. That was an act of faith that most of us cannot even possibly comprehend. It was an act of faith, an act of worship. Regardless of what everyone Joseph knew would think and say and gossip of him and Mary and their families, he did what the Lord commanded him. We see also that he respected her virginity until she gave birth to the Son of God. He was an honorable, God-fearing man, even in his private life. And finally, we see that he called the baby's name Jesus. Can you imagine how different the Christmas story would be if Joseph listened but only partially obeyed? We have plenty of examples in the Old Testament of that. There's some of the saddest stories on record. Moses partially obeyed, and he suffered very, very severe consequences. So did Israel. In the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira partially obeyed. They told the church and they told God some of the truth but their lies cost them their lives in that very moment. How different, in a sad way, the Christmas story would be if Joseph only partially obeyed and that went on record for all to behold for the next 2,000 years plus. How different if he had waited to obey I mean, isn't that a mistake all of us have made at one time or another, multiple times? The delay in obedience. What if Joseph had waited to obey? Today is the day to obey the word of God. What if Joseph obeyed but then changed his mind when the going got tough? When his faith cost him, when his faith and worship began to negatively affect his reputation with others, what if about if his faith then began to neg negatively affect his career, or he began to lose some of his belongings because of his faith? What if he began to lose some of his freedoms and rights? Because of his faith, what if he changed his mind when the going got tough? Right now, the story of your life is being written into the pages of history. Same for mine. It's being written into the pages of his story. Are you listening and obeying? Is your story beautiful in the eyes of God and inspiring in the eyes of those around you who are also seeking the Christ child? Listening begins with hearing the whole reason baby Jesus came into this world. Verse 21 here says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
It wasn't just that he would save them from the, the Assyrians or the, the Babylonians or the Romans, if you know Israel's history. He would save them from their sins. I recently read what is likely the most famous Bible verse in the world. Just last Sunday we read this. I read it again today. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. It's the perishing that we are saved from. Separation from holy God forever because of our sins. And it's the eternal life that we are saved to. Home in heaven with God for eternity. My friend, if you have not believed the word yet, won't you believe today? Perhaps today is the day where your life is changed forevermore. And we believe not just with our mind, we believe it with our heart, with our life. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 15 says, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The two steps that lead a person from eternal perishing to eternal life. Have you ever heard truth so spectacular, so divine, so wonderful, so hope-giving, like we studied last night? Repent and believe. It's so simple, and yet it encompasses all of our life, both now and forevermore. Many of you understand that to repent means to turn from sin and to turn to God to believe in him and follow him. Romans chapter 10, a passage many of you have memorized, says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you have never heard those words, if you have never understood them, I encourage you to take a deeper look and ponder what the Bible is saying. Again, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. When you and I stand at death's door, we will find out if everything we lived for, everything we believed, everything we trusted in was going to disappoint or not disappoint. The scripture says, you will not be disappointed. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. We love that portion of this text because it says it does not matter who you are. It does not matter what your background is. It does not matter what class or race you were born into. The God and his love abounds 
enriches, it overflows for all who call on Him. Anyone can cry out to God and say, I repent, I believe. By your grace, by your goodness, because of Jesus, I turn from sin. I will spend the rest of my life turning from sin to Jesus out of love and worship because you, forgive, you forgave me of all my sins. You've already given the hope, the assurance, the promise of eternal life. I hope that is yours today. If you have any questions or would like to know more, please reach out to me after the service. Reach out to anyone here. Give a phone call, send a message through the website, reach out to us. We would love to tell you more about this baby born in a manger, crucified on a cross as a man, but then brought back to life three days later by the power of God. This is the ultimate Christmas story. When I am reminded of these truths and we get to sit here on Sunday morning and Saturday night and just worship the Lord and I step back into the world and I see the mall and I see the ads and I see the rushing about, I think, my goodness, they have missed out. They have missed out on the true wonder of this season. What they celebrate is so hopeless. Those toys will be broke within the week. The clothes will be replaced. If you and I never had another Christmas, we would have all we need if we have Jesus. He is so wonderful. Jesus is the ultimate Christmas gift. He is eternal life. He is peace to us, as we studied last night and we see this morning. I trust that your heart has been inspired and your mind guided by the truths of, of God's word this Christmas morning. How wonderful this baby story is. First, because Jesus Messiah came for us. But secondly, because Joseph and Mary listened to and obeyed the voice of the Lord. What might God do through you, through your family, through me and mine and our church family, this Christmas and in the years to come, if we will truly pursue a grace-driven, love-driven, faith-inspired life of listening to the Word of God and obeying Him more and more. For one, it will make for a much merrier Christmas. No doubt about it, both for us and for the Savior. And secondly, we will continue to experience more and more the miraculous, divine power of God working in us and through us to advance his kingdom, to sanctify us, and to allow us to be instruments in the Redeemer's hands who take the hope of the Christmas story to those who have yet to hear. What an amazing story, truth, we have to share 
This is why we celebrate Christmas. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we love your word. But that is only because you loved us. But you not only loved us in word, you loved us in deed. You sent your own son. He voluntarily came as the good shepherd and he laid down his life for the sheep. There is no greater love. This is why our hearts are so filled with joy, even though our circumstances may be very hard. It's why there is peace in our hearts, even though there is turmoil outside this place. It's why there, there is love in our hearts, even when we see and even experience hatred around us. Lord, you are so good and so true. Your word is so faithful, spoken in prophecy thousands of years ago, true at the birth of Christ and true today. This is why we sing hallelujah. It's why we praise your name. It's why we listen to your word. And by your grace and by your spirit, we strive to obey. Lord, may this, this Christmas be one in which every single person here draws nearer to God than we have ever been before. Truly, holiness is what makes Christmas merry. May the holiness in our hearts, through Jesus, through the grace to obey, may the holiness in this place be a very special gift and offering in your presence. We love you, and we thank you for your love for us through your Son, Christ Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.